Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillah. Wassalatu wassalamu ala rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man wala. Welcome everybody to the Safina Society. Nothing but facts live stream on Wednesday. Uh, today is what? Wednesday the 22nd of March. And uh, uh, and we are today on Affairs of the Ummah on a sad day if you are maybe have relatives in Pakistan who were struck by this, but we do have relatives in the sense of the Ummah at large in Pakistan. Their death toll has reached now about a dozen or so. 13 people have been confirmed dead after a 6.5 magnitude earthquake. Luckily, it came in an area that did not have a lot of people living in it. It was in a populous city, apparently, from what, what we're reading here. Uh, it was ne- on the northern Afghanistan border, which borders Pakistan. So Afghanistan was hit too. 70 have been injured so far, according to Afghan um, spokesperson of public health. And the number of fatalities continue to climb as the the count and the rubble is removed. And all of those, uh, we've been through this just recently with the Turkish uh, earthquake, which of course was uh, massive. Okay, this one has at least two children have died. Many houses, many buildings have collapsed in Khaybar Pakhtuncha. And the 44 are injured in the same province. A driver said he was eating at a restaurant when the tremor started. And he said, the wall of the restaurant fell in. So we all ran to save our lives. People were screaming. I was close to the mountain. Felt like the whole mountain would slide on us. And people were calling out for Allah's help. It's almost like they just experienced a small version of the day of ju- judgment, in a sense. Because when we might, we most humans on the earth will not face the actual day of judgment. This will only come upon the worst of the people. The Prophet said. But when people are resurrected, it's re- you're resurrected into chaos. You're not resurrected. Put your soul back into a body. To find yourself standing online to be judged. No. You resurrected where into a body at a time which is called Ahwal al-Qiyamah with a he, he, light he. And that Ahwal of Qiyamah, the Ahwal of Qiyamah occurs, it, it, what's happening is that all the sins of people are taking on forms. Now they may not affect you, but you will see them. Such that the form of, you know, a, a, a mountain crumbling upon somebody, okay? And you're seeing that, you, and you're trying to avoid it, thinking that it might hit you. You don't know what's going to hit you and what's not. That's the description of Ahwal al-Qiyamah, and it's one of the things we seek refuge from, is from the Ahwal al-Qiyamah. And at that day, the only safe zone is the tent of the Prophet ﷺ and his flag. There is a banner called Liwa al-Hamd, and there is a tent of uh, there. There is an encampment somewhere on the plain of Qiyamah, which is the encampment of Sayyid al-Kawnain alayhi salatu wassalam. So people are saying now, like memories of Turkey. Uh, we were watching TV at home when the earthquake happened. First and second jolts were not too bad, but the third one was so strong, our dishes started falling off from the kitchen tablet, and our TV fell off the wall. I suddenly remembered the earthquake in Turkey and thought that our apartment would fall down if we don't act quick. Because the Turkish earthquake was 7.8 magnitude. 
And at the end result of that, 50,000. Can you believe this number? 50,000 people. We, it's just a number that doesn't make any sense to you. You fathom 13 people? Okay, I could sort of fathom that, right? 50,000 people. That's the entire student body of Rutgers, just to give you some context. That's the entire student body and faculty. Because Rutgers has, what, 35,000 or, or 35, or 40,000 students? 40,000 students. And you're going to have 10,000 at least admin and faculty? You need the password for that? It's the same one as last time. Uh, so 40,000 students and then... 10,000 admin and faculty and all that. Just imagine the entirety of the Rutgers campus eliminated in, in, in one shot. That's the number. Just to give you context of number, not that we're wishing that happens because we do have some friends there. So I don't know if it's safe to go back. People just, they get this fear. And anytime that they hear any tremor, they see any tremor, it brings them flashbacks. Though the shock was deep, strong tremors were felt across the region. By the way, do you guys know about the Indian Ocean? That it's the roughest seas. The roughest seas in the world are the Indian Ocean. I never knew this. But apparently there are massive, like Himalayan mountains, underwater. Massive. So that water's, you know, going in and into the crevices and over and out. Obviously, we're, we're seeing the top of that. But the reason that the waves in the middle of the sea, not like the waves at the edge, the waves in the middle of the sea are so wild is that there's an ocean. There are mountain peaks there. Massive, like some people, I, I just read one thing where in the middle of the Indian Ocean, there's a crevice bigger than the Grand Canyon, like deeper than the Grand Canyon. So when that water flushes in there and then flushes out, it's a massive peaks and and there are only special types of ships that can go deep into the Indian Ocean. That's item number one. Item number two, if you are here for Ramadan prep or you're interested in that, watch yesterday's live stream for Ramadan prep. We covered everything. We also have a playlist at Safin Society, uh, Safin Society's YouTube channel. We have a playlist for that on fasting. All right. If you like the stream, go to uh, patreon.com forward slash safinasociety.org. Okay. Story number two today. Man arrested on suspicion of attempted murder after Muslims set a light outside mosque. This is a bizarre story. I saw the footage, but it's too far away. The camera was too far away to show me what exactly happened. Okay, I thought a car blew up or something. That's what it looks like. But of course, we're going to see what happened. A man has been arrested on suspicion of attempted murder after an elderly Muslim man was set on fire outside a mosque in Birmingham. A second such incident within the space of around three weeks. The victim was walking home from the masjid, the Dudley Road Mosque, at 7 p.m. yesterday. That means it looks that he prayed maghrib and he went home. How many times has this old man walked this route, right? Just going home after Maghrib. How many times have you gone home after Maghrib? But lo and behold, this man's life is about to change. The attacker spoke to him briefly, okay? 
before spraying him with an unknown substance and then lighting his jacket on fire. I can't believe this, causing burns to his face. What Iblis would do such a thing, and what's the motive? The man was taken to the hospital right away with serious injuries, but they're not life-threatening. To be honest with you, burn wounds, it's almost like the wound is worse than death because you have to live with it permanently. Unlike, you know, a, a broken bone that could heal but, or a painful disease that can pass or sickness that can pass, a burn sticks with you. Now, this happened a week after a manhunt was launched after an 80... After saying after twice in the same sentence, not good. Let me read it again. It comes just a week after a manhunt was launched after, it's not good writing, an 82-year-old worshiper was set alight outside a mosque in Ealing and left with severe burns to his face and arms. What kind of shaitan is this? He did it twice now to two old men. Police said they were aware of a video being circulated on social media showing a man being set on fire. It is not known if the perpetrator of both incidents is the same person. Officer or supt, whatever supt means, superior or something. Uh, James Spencer from the Birmingham police said, our officers have been working through the night to establish what happened and who's responsible. We're examining CCTV and speaking to witnesses and are determined to find out who's responsible. I've been speaking to people in this morning And so I know just how concerned they are and that people are after answers. We are determined to find the person responsible and get those answers as soon as possible. And I'd urge the community to work with us and to avoid any speculation at this stage. And they have a picture of the man who supposedly did it. He's on the CCTV. All right. Anyone with information can contact... The Crime Stoppers, what is this, like a show or something? Uh, If you have information, contact, uh, go to a live chat, all right? Quote the code number 4009 and then call Crime Stoppers at 0800-555-111. This is serious? This is like a thing? Crime Stoppers, 0800-555-111. Sounds like a, uh, you know, a... Some kind of cheesy movie or show or something. Shaban Hossein, community activist at North Edgebaston, said, the counterterrorism unit is also involved. The matter is being dealt with as a potential hate crime. Is it a hate crime or just one, just Majnoon, he's probably got on drugs and he's probably got a gin whispering in his ears. That's usually what happens. It's a mixture of drugs, for sure. Don't you remember in New York, uh, the case before COVID where a certain batch of some drug was faulty and it resulted in people eating other humans alive, like biting them so hard and chewing them and trying to eat the person. The people are obviously seeing things, right? And then one guy ate his own self, like was didn't eat himself to death, but he was biting to the point he's bleeding. Another time he went and bit a person's face and ripped pieces of skin off the cheek. So they're obviously on some bizarre drugs. There will be extra police to reassure the public. Reassure the public. If any member of the public sees him, do not approach him. 
Thank you to all those people who have shown their concern. The nature of the incident and the physical similarity of the suspects in both cases has led to speculation that the attacker is the same person. On February 27th, an 82-year-old man was doused with petrol and set alight outside the West London Mosque in Ealing. The suspect engaged the victim, okay, Mr. Hashi, in conversation as they both left the mosque. That means the guy was in the masjid. Oh, wait a second. They got footage of this guy in the mosque. I can't, I can't show the camera. It's probably too small. But they got footage of the guy. He prayed with them. What in the world? They spoke for about five minutes. Then he suddenly doused the victim in petrol, like lighter fluid. And then he set him on fire with a lighter and then just walked away. He had burns, severe burns to his face and arms. And he's been discharged and is now recovering from his injuries. No, this is insane. This is some insane stuff because the guy's praying in the message. They got footage of the guy in Salah, not just walking around. Okay. All right, this happened on Singapore Road. Very unfortunately, Mr. Hashi's friend, who was waiting nearby in his car, reacted quickly by putting out the flames and calling the emergency services. The center and the community are cooperating with the police to help apprehend this dangerous individual. Understandably, there are heightened concerns and anxiety. The Safer Neighborhood Team, okay, has given their support and regularly patrols uh, around the center. Hey, do you do you feel confident with the the Safer Neighborhood Team? Some Care Bears. I need a tougher name than that. The Safer Neighborhood Team, like Care Bears. Some Boy Scouts. and No, I mean, like, I need something like uh, Hell's Angels or something like that, right? That makes me feel more safe, okay? Mr. Hashi is recuperating from his ordeals with his family and is in good spirits. He has been visited by members of the center management and congregation. If you recognize, again... This man in the image, call Crime Stoppers, right? At 0800-555-1. Let's get another story on this situation. Um, man arrested, UK fire um, setting. All right. CNN's covering this. This is not counterterrorism. I don't think this has anything to do with terrorism. CNN is like British counterterrorism is investigating. But I don't think this has anything to do with that. I think this has someone who is Majnoon. Okay. That's straight. It's just as simple as that. He's just Majnoon. He's on drugs. Okay. It's the same story. This is like AP or something. It's just the same story. Let's see what's the latest news on this situation. Hey, you got it? Ooh. The footage. Um, rewind that. They actually have the footage. Oh, wait, it's right here. Is, is the one in the front or the, the friars on the left? Oh, it's right, it's right there. Okay, so, subhanAllah, with the way the camera's angled, you see what, I'm, what I meant by, I thought that, that street car, the car on the street, I thought that that was the fire. Right? The way the uh, camera angle. Yeah, keep looking. Unbelievable. 
All right, nine hours ago, they arrested somebody. He's been arrested, folks. The moment the man is arrested uh, by counter-terrorist cops after setting a Muslim on fire. Okay. This is the footage? All right, let's watch this. Okay, so he's he's talking to the guy. He's pushing him. Oh, so they oh so there it is. They do move over to the left. They move over to the left, and then all of a sudden you see the man go up and flames. You can't see much, but you do see flames going up. Okay. The victim was praying in front of a suspect described as being Somalian. Okay, before he was followed home and attacked yards from his own front door. Okay. The police carried out the arrest yesterday after the man was spotted by worshippers attempting to go back into the mosque for a funeral. I'm telling you the guy's Medjanoon because, I mean, he's obviously sane enough to be taken to account, but something's wrong in his head that he goes to the same masjid the next day. He goes to the same mosque the next day. You, can, you know what? Put it straight in the middle so that the, the Instagrammers can see it. Yeah, like, there you go. Yeah, that's good. Okay, no problem. Yeah, you just cover me up. And I'll just talk while it goes over. People, people recognize me. be coming to the message for a few weeks, they said. And then he, he came again. All right? He had done the same attack 120 miles away. Or there was a similar incident. He's saying 20, 120 miles away. Could be a copycat. All right. You can see on the bottom of your screen there, they're talking. He's wearing white. And then they move over, and then boom, there it is. I don't know if the Instagrammers got to see that. It's on the left of the screen there. Yeah, oh my goodness. That is insane. It's a flare. All of a sudden, it flares in like a pinkish red. I heard the man getting cussed out. In the Birmingham incident, resident security cameras showed the younger man engaging in the gray-haired victim in conversation before he carried out the attack. As the victim screamed on the pavement, and we say that anything that the, whenever the fire touches a believer in the dunya, the fire of the akhirah will never touch him, inshallah. The victim was taken to a hospital with serious burns to his face, and he needs skin grafts. Tayyib Riyaz, the Birmingham victim's nephew, said for 35 years we've been going to that mosque. 35 years we've been going to that mosque. His hair, his beard, and his eyebrows are badly burnt. We're praying he's okay. I can't sort of be insensitive here, but I am happy that it didn't happen to a woman, right? Or like a youth who's got his whole life ahead of him, or a woman who... It would be more sensitive, right? Not to say, not to be callous about the family, but if you're going to see any silver lining to this calamity, right, that would be the silver lining. That's the lutf, I would say, of that. Um, a source at the mosque said the victim has two children, both boys, and is married. I don't think he works as he prays at the mosque five times a day. He's an old man who works, who's critically ill, and he's already blind in one eye. 
He's critically ill. He's blind in one eye. I can only say Allah's choosing this man for something special that he's constantly being tested like this. I mean, three massive tribulations. Some people, they don't have any uh, uh, gifts or any, they haven't given anything to give the community, right? But when Allah wants to elevate the man, what does he do? He pours trials upon them. And when he pours trials upon someone and that person becomes so close to Allah with their sabr and their patience, then one dua of his for the ummah is better than a lifetime of some people's volunteer work. There were people in the homes heard screaming and they came out to help and they called 999. But there were people in cars who just drove past without even stopping. Footage of the attack in Birmingham showed a suspect spraying the victim with an unknown substance on his jacket and then setting his jacket alight. A blaze of fire could be seen as a suspect crossed to the other side of the road and walked away. Onlookers helped the injured victims okay, and put out the fire on the side of the street. Okay, And then again, they're just given the same news and we have a picture of a West African man looks perhaps that he's from Ghana is not Somali. No, this is not a Somali look to me. Um, we want to hear about the criminal. Okay. Okay, you made the arrest. Tell us about the criminal. No news about the criminal. All right. Blah, 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 blah. No news about the criminal. All right, Middle East Eye has it that they. Um, yeah, so, so they're not really releasing any news about the criminal. But I did hear. Um, I saw a clip where they were cursing the guy out. Okay, again, BBC with very little. All right, most, some people fear that it was copycats and these are two separate people and that this is a, a trend that may, ha- may occur. Well, I mean, don't give people any ideas by saying that, okay? It's really sad news in front of the first night of Ramadan. The new moon was sighted in Malaysia, by the way, just for information. Yeah. So that's, that's a massive tragedy. Terrible. Uh, in, a, in, in some other news, Rasmus Paladin, uh, the one who v- vowed to burn the Quran in Wakefield, has been banned from entry into the UK. That's very good. The far-right Danish Islamophobe Rasmus Paladin planned and vowed to burn the Quran in Wakefield. Why Wakefield? We don't know. Yeah. Subhanallah. Subhanallah. Well, the UK denied him entry and they put him on the warnings index. Okay. Far right Islamophobic Danish politician Rasmus Paladin said he's going to travel from Denmark to Wakefield for the sole purpose of burning a Quran in a public place. I still don't understand why Wakefield. There's there's no Muslims there. And I'm sure they can't do it in Birmingham. Mr. Paladin was previously jailed in Denmark for his hateful and racist statement. He's a dangerous man that should not be allowed in the country. 
The Home Secretary assured Muslims and the community that the government is taking action. Okay. I informed the House that Mr. Paladin has been added to the warnings index. Dugan that replied. And therefore, travel to the UK would not be conducive with a with the public good. He will not be allowed access. See, when you have a lot of Muslims in the country, right, and they mobilize, you get results like this. Okay. Since he had made the video, Five Pillars understand that Muslim community leaders have been lobbying the Home Office and West Yorkshire uh, police to ensure that the desecration does not go ahead. The following week, he burned a copy of the Qur'an in front of a mosque in Denmark. Nothing happens. Islam is evil and primitive and has no place in Denmark, Sweden, or any other civilized society, said Paladin in September 2020. All right. He constantly talks about a Denmark for ethnic Danes. And he says civil war is coming. In April 2019, he was found guilty of racism for remarks about African, about blacks. Okay. Uh, commenting on Black Lives Matter. Okay. Peter Buckley is another guy who always comments on five pillars. All right. Banning one individual will have no effect at all. Of course it will. If anything, it will work against the Swedish Ummah, as the, these controversies invariably do. I personally don't think burning the Qur'an is much a particularly good idea. I'd much rather people read it objectively and come to their own conclusions. Nevertheless, cult members who respond in the expected way merely provo- prove that Islamophobes were right all along about the nature of this particular cult. I guess that's us. Western countries are secular dem- democracies, which are ironically extremely attractive to cult members, which is his code word for Muslims. So he is basically, um, uh, he's just basically not happy about this. Well, look, they are secular democracies, but everything changes. Was it a secular democracy forever? No. Whatever the laws are, whatever this, the mood is, all this stuff, all right, is always changing, okay? It's always changing. And if the numbers keep increasing and the Muslims are increasing in England, okay, um, then what you're going to notice is that these things start taking effect. I don't care what the letters of the law says. If you're going to upset 10 million people, they're not going to let it happen. Simple as that, whatever your laws are. All right. Item number three today, the MI5, the media, and the far right owe the Didsbury Mosque and Manchester Muslims an apology. The Didsbury Mosque is an old church, very big, looks like a church, and clearly, obviously, they brought it from them. Manchester resident Shabnam Kulsum says that following the exoneration of Didsbury Mosque, by the Manchester Arena Inquiry over the radicalization of Salman Abedi, the MI5, the media, and Tommy Robinson owe the Manchester Muslim community a huge apology. What is the story here? On May 22nd of 2017, here's the story. My brother, one of the heads of the Dawa department at the Didsbury Mosque, was coming home from the mosque after his usual evening of voluntary work there. But this particular evening, he asked to be picked up by another family member due to an emergency situation of chaos and confusion that occur, had occurred at 
the Victoria tram station. Salman Abedi had attacked the men arena, the MEN arena, only minutes away from the station. An overspill was happening at the tram station because of terrified crowds running for their lives. When I learned that the incident was confirmed as a terrorist attack, my immediate gut instinct told me they're somehow going to blame Dids, our nickname for Didsbury Mosque. I relayed my feelings to my brother, said that they were based on the fact that it was a very popular mosque for Muslims, new Muslims, non-Muslims. Its work in the community, thanks to volunteers in the Dawah department, was an example for other mosques to follow. Its outreach work varied from regular open days for non-Muslims to be educated on Islam to community outreach programs. Unfortunately, the Dawah department is now a shell of its former glory as a direct consequence of the negative focus on the mosque since the attack. Many of the ex-volunteers who grew the Dawah department to success, uh, to the success it became, are hurting from this. We saw the immediate vilification of the mosque by mass mainstream media from all over the world who converged on it within a day or so and named it as the mosque, namely where this terrorist was trained, and that we were all deemed guilty by association. The journalists' faces said it all as they pitched themselves outside despite regular offerings of water and snacks as per Islamic hospitality, the tension from the media was in the air. They behaved like hyenas and unjustly attempted to defame the mosque in its entirety based on a snippet of information that Abadi had attended the masjid less than a handful of times and only for prayer. So most people may think that mosques are like churches where you, you sign up and you join a church, right? That's how churches work. You sign up and you, you become a member of a church, right? But they don't realize that Masajid is just public places. Anyone could show up anytime they want. Habib, what's happening? You good? No. All right. With the media's eyes fixed firmly on the outside of the mosque, we were inside calming the elderly sisters down who were in tears at having the finger of blame pointed at the community of the attendees. They nor we could make any sense, neither they nor we could make any sense of the fact that this mosque that was our home away from home was being portrayed as a terrorist hotbed. SubhanAllah. Tommy Robinson and his friends. This guy's name always comes up and he's like a, like a bum that just puts his nose in everything. And at one point he became a Muslim too. Yeah. And then he's out again? Yeah. Tommy Robinson and his friends had also made their intentions to visit the mosque. And this was clearly frightening attendees as to the consequences and potential attacks of them and indeed the masjid. No, I bring him. They don't get bouncers in, uh, in this town? Gotta get bouncers. If my memory serves me correct, Robinson came to the mosque at around Fajr to put a projection onto the exterior when young children were in their classes, upsetting them in the process while playing the amateur self-proclaimed investigative journalist. His sole purpose and intentions were to stoke up hate towards Manchester's Muslims. In, the, in that respect, he failed. And with yesterday's announcement, Tommy Robinson owes Manchester's Muslims a firm apology. All right. In the days following the attack, 
Myself and other sisters felt compelled to go out into St. Anne's Square to show a visible Muslim presence. For the first time in my life, I felt like I was walking on eggshells in my own city. We fed and consoled visitors at the vigil site uh, that were strewn with bouquets of flowers and teddy bears. We felt we had to tell them how sorry we were for the heinous act of one deranged individual whose only link to us that he ha- was that he happened to share our faith. We stood outside the mosque in a show of solidarity in front of the world's media, but some of us point-blank refused to hold up I Love MCR placards and the request, at the request of the trustees. I was born and brought up in a small, white, working-class industrial town called Radcliffe in Manchester. Why was I being told that I had to publicly declare my love for Manchester when I'm more Manch than a Manchester worker bee? We discarded those placards in front of them. We're absolutely not doing this, like a loyalty test. And they show here a picture of a massive, massive, like, um, memorial being uh, performed or held in the main square. Right? The image of the Didsbury Mosque and that of Manchester's Muslims was defamed for a number of years following the attack. Yesterday's conclusion that the MI5, an agency of the government that is supposed to protect us and, pre- and, and take preventative measures and protect us, failed massively demonstrates sheer incompetence. The finger of blame should have always been pointed at their failings. First, by virtue of being our so-called protectors, instead they were content for the narrative to be peddled in the direction of Muslims as a collective group. Let us also not forget, it is these government agencies that facilitated British Libyans and those of the Libyan heritage born in the UK to travel back and forth in order to topple Colonel Qaddafi. So when it suits their objective, they know how to turn a blind eye. If Abadi was on their watch list, as they say, why didn't they throw everything they had into preventing him from carrying out an attack? Hmm. So, again, Peter Buckley has no life except to comment on Muslim news. Peter Buckley again. Same guy commenting over and over and over. All right, let's... Uh, Take any comments and questions that we have here today. Yeah. Let's open up the YouTube um, comments. All right, Omar, give me a give me a question that has come up so far or anything that's come up. Which which one? Didsbury Mosque is Wahhabi and had several issues though kicked out a Sunni imam years ago for speaking against the attacks and discovered he was a normative Sunni Sufi. I'm from Manchester. Mm, Sounds like drama. And as for the individual you're speaking of, the authorities had intelligence on him from when he was in college uh, as he uh, caused a scare for something similar. Mm. He wasn't radicalized in the masjid. Based on the statistics, Peter Buckley is probably someone in India. Yeah, the Indians have such a hatred, obviously. But should I beg him? The arena attack. What do you mean arena? Like the stadium? Like where they play soccer and stuff? The arena attacker wasn't even a proper attendee of that masjid. And his views didn't align with the masjid. His trial was quiet, too. Which comment is that? Can I? This, this FF needs to know. 
Can he brush his teeth with toothpaste in Ramadan without have to throw up? Okay. You, if you, it is makruh because of the chances that you could swallow something. But if you do, it has to be such that you spit it all out. You can't, there is, and if you break, if it gets in your mouth and it gets to your throat, your fast is broken. And if you keep the sugar and do it all over your tongue, that fast breaks your fast too. Because now you're energizing yourself. So you only have to, um, uh, do very little. It's the analogy of tasting the soup. You can taste soup and spit it out by analogy while fasting, right? To taste the spices and spit it out. Okay, by analogy, you can use a toothbrush very lightly. It's an ashmawi and it's and it's shura. So what did he? What did what did this guy uh, bomb? A concert? This was years ago. No, I, n- I never crossed my radar. To be honest with you. Oh, okay. No, that story never crossed my radar. Never got on my radar. Don't take yeah. If you don't want to take that risk, you should use them as what? The they didn't specify the books didn't specify. Uh, Nuri is asking about the du'a of Wednesday. No, that now that the times change, we do it at the end of the stream. What's the best way to make a prior farad salah during Ramadan? You can go to tarawih, but don't join them. Go on the side and pray a couple days of qada but you have to keep uh you have to keep um uh, count you have to keep count a close friend and qada has to be prayed in order qada has to be prayed like fajr dhuhr asr cannot be prayed uh, just randomly like five fajrs in a row five aishas in a row no do injections break the fasts? Only if they're nourishing injections. But if it doesn't nourish the body and give it uh, nourishment and strength, then it does not break the fast. The imam I know personally who they kicked out of there is in hiding for receiving death threats when they found he wasn't Salafi. Ajib. Ajib I was told that should wash your mouth out three times after brushing or tasting. Yeah, the, the, you have to make double sure that nothing, none of that, whether you taste something or you use that, ever gets stays in your mouth or gets swallowed. I am from Manchester too, and the Sadafi influence has grown. How do I pray Qadha at home instead of Tarawih? First, you could pray Qadha. In the masjid, just you can't join the tarawih, but you can just be in the masjid, go to the side and pray qada. Nothing wrong with that, because there is some like encouragement there. You can say, "Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna pray as long as everyone's here praying," something like that, or "I'm gonna pray until the first break." Is tarawih prayed after isha? Yes, it's any amount of rakas prayed after isha. If it's a masjid they should establish it as 20 rakas as a sunnah, but they don't have to. It could be any number. 
counts as tarawih. Okay. But uh, 20 is what the Sahaba established. Omar ibn Abdul Aziz established 36. The Prophet ﷺ, when he prayed tarawih in jama'ah, he prayed in his house and the jama'ah followed him without him intending to be the imam of the jama'ah, just praying by himself. And they don't mention how many rakas he prayed. Will we be doing burja at the Atikaf and the Friday and Saturday dhikrs? Uh, not, not doesn't have to be burja, but we will do some dhikr and some qasidas, inshallah. Did anyone see Jake Brancatella taking on the unimpactful scholar? No. There was a debate. Oh. Habib, did you come with us to California? No. You missed out. No, no. What were you doing? Saving your money. Huh? That's good. We're going to look it up right now. Yeah, look it up for us. Because my, my iPad's slow today. UCLA. Yeah. Yasser Qadi just released a khutbah about this. Yeah, like about the topic. And he said he's been looking and he's been seeing, uh, you know, uh, people... Uh, talking about this and it's growing and so he addressed it in the khutbah when you give your zakah zakat al-mal to someone do you have to inform them that it is zakat al-mal no but you must confirm they're not from any of the lineages that are not given zakah that the ahlul bayt are the lineages of talib aqil jafar ali of course hassan hussein and abbas there are Seven lineages left. Oh, Jake Brancatella doing a uh, a response to the video, that, to our debate. What's the date on that? 21 hours ago, he streamed portions of our debate. Okay. I can you play portions of it? Portions of our debate, and he streamed commentary. Oh, well, no, but that's what that's what they're talking about. Oh, the yeah. So let's see. So Jake Brancatella, who's from New Jersey. Yeah. I don't know. Can you guys hear? Turn your mic on, Justin, and raise the volume up on the TV. About the Trinity. Incoherent. We don't believe in this. Okay, so I criticize this view based on uh, rational grounds. And then the third is that they want to tell us, so this is the big three, Trinity, Incarnation, and Atonement, Can that Jesus Christ, spot? the God-man, came to die for our sins. By the way, uh, while you're God doing that, was not merciful, does he have... Uh, that he couldn't possibly forgive us, even steps? if he wanted to. Okay, many times this is the way it's presented. Hmm? I know there are different hmm. Christian views. But even if the best way to redeem humanity is for God to become a man and die for our sins, an innocent person dying for the sins of all of the guilty. Okay? This is what, this is what they want to tell us. I'm saying, okay, you believe that your Bible is authentic. You believe that it teaches these three doctrines. Put them on the table and let's compare them with Islam, what Islam teaches. And see which one is more coherent. 
Okay, and I attack the Christian position and try to defend the Islamic counterpart of those three positions. At UCLA, it's a debate with Dr. Shadi, and it's uh, does the Quran endorse uh, religious pluralism? Okay, so let's take a listen. Now, Dr. Shadi is saying, no, 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 no. We don't need this so-called Western historical critical method to tell us about Islam and the fundamentals of our religion. We already have our own tradition that has been established for 1400 years, okay? And our position, the position of our tradition over 1400 years is what Dr. Shadi is representing, not what this guy is representing. But he wants to cast doubt on that and say that that is not the correct position to hold. You need to adopt this other methodology so you can get rid of what the tradition has told you. The traditional uh, methodology is wrong, and that's why you wind up getting these incorrect conclusions. Okay, so Dr. Shadi, one of his criticisms is to say, no, 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 this is wrong. We don't need these uh, these liberal uh, kuffar that are not even Muslims sitting up in some Western academic department with their feet up on their desk, sipping a latte, trying to tell us what our religion teaches. We don't need that, okay? So now he wants to respond and, and say why he thinks we do need the Western uh, you know, historical critical method to tell us about our religion. And then he tries to use me as an example. Oh, that's okay? why so Jake is go. commenting, because he brought Jake into it. Keep it going. Muslims, including Muslim traditionalists, love the historical critical method. In fact, so he says the vast majority of Muslims love the historical critical method. We've made Bart Ehrman, Sheikh Bart Ehrman, uh, when it comes to any other religion. other. So he's mentioning Bart Ehrman, uh, who is a famous uh, scholar of um, the Bible and uh, textual criticism when it comes to uh, the biblical tradition, especially the New Testament. And he's mentioning him and saying we've made him Sheikh uh, Bart Ehrman. Uh, why? Because Muslims frequently utilize his sources, sometimes in da'wah, and uh, references works and so on. And he is somebody who embraces the historical critical method. So he's trying to say, like, this is a bit hypocritical because Muslims want to use it when critiquing other religions, but we don't want to apply that same methodology to our own religion. That's his claim. Other than our own, we love the historical critical method. In fact, uh, Dr. Al-Masri's own student, Jake, when he is a convert to Islam, when he debates uh, Christians, and if a Christian were to show him 1 John 5, 7, and John 14, 6 as proof of the Trinity, I am the way, I am the truth, that verse with, the, with Jesus, what will Jake most likely say or have said? He'll say, hey, you know that biblical scholarship has shown that this doesn't actually go back to Jesus, that Jesus didn't actually say that? In fact, we love historical critical scholarship. That's why in Blogging Theology, on that show, they have one biblical scholar after another. But when it comes to the Islamic tradition, all of a sudden, it's hands off. This is actually a case of special pleading. Um, even you can look at what historical scholarship has said. So I'll give you... Um, okay, so that's enough. The point is, if you see in context... We don't need his, he historical critical me, method his first to negate response, them. Keep, right? keep it going. Uh, he mentions me, and he mentions... Uh, Blogging Theology, who I've been on his, his show once, and that's uh, Brother Paul at, at Blogging Theology, and saying that he has all these um, scholars on who utilize the historical critical method, and that much is true. 
So if he wants to criticize Paul and blogging theology, I don't think that that criticism is correct, but at least he can even attempt to make that criticism. I don't have those people on my channel, you see? I don't interview those type of people, and I don't utilize the historical critical method in my representation of Christianity and my arguments against the, the Christian theology and what they say. Uh, <laughs> I, that's not never been uh, my cup of tea in what I do. Not to say that people who do that are wrong uh, from the Dawa scene, and I'm not going to mention names. We know people who utilize this material and critique the Bible based on, on uh, this methodology and, and similar methodology. Pause for a second. Not they, those individuals. All right, I have something to say. Besides the humorous reality of us watching, streaming a commentary of a stream, <laughs> commenting, uh, this is inception of video. Now, I just want to say something. before We're going to get back to this because I want to hear what he says. But the historical critical method, essentially critical thinking, right? Whether it's the Muslims' critical thinking about hadith, or Westerners criticizing the Bible, critical thinking is critical thinking. Our issue with the historical critical method is that it would seem to be that they have preconceived notions about authority in the first place. It's not the idea of critical thought about the scripture, right? If Muslims put the same, uh, if, 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 if Muslims applied the same uh, critical thinking to the Bible, as Europeans did, we'd come with upon the same conclusion probably much faster, right? If we applied one-tenth of hadith criticism, okay, our standards of hadith to the Bible, the whole thing would be all out the window. So just because there are some overlaps does not mean you're using one set of criticisms for your sake when it suits you and not using it when it doesn't. No, it's the, it's the methods or the results of the criticism. It's like, it's like did you you may be a critic on one hand you criticize properly on the other hand you didn't criticize well like you you missed out information you didn't look at all the sources right and that's our approach with the historical critical method when it comes to hadith it's not the idea the concept of looking at it critically is the problem we look at it more critically than you right all right keep going those are consistent is another story okay that has nothing to do with me so I'm using this as an opportunity, actually, to explain what my actual methodology is and my position. But anybody who's familiar with my content would just laugh at this guy. So he mentions um, John, 1 John 5, 7, which is a known forgery, right? And it, it's been established as a forgery because it's not in the earliest manuscripts. And we can trace it back to show when it was actually inserted into the Christian Bible. Now, here, first of all, I don't even typically use this argument. You may be able to find me in a video, mention it somewhere if somebody brings it up, right? But my methodology is I don't really deal with the Bible in the sense that, yes, I am aware of the scholarship regarding, um, I am aware of the scholarship regarding the fact that we are unsure of many of the authors of the books of the New Testament and that uh, some of the sources are unreliable, even the ones that we think that we do know. Um, they're not eyewitnesses. 
and all of the sorts of criticisms related to that, the changes that even ha happened to the uh, New Testament text, including verses like 1 John 5, 7. I'm aware of all this, and, and, and that is uh, genuine criticism, a lot of it, to a certain degree, right? But my content does not focus on that. My dawah, the Muslim metaphysician's dawah, does not focus on that at all. I hardly ever mention anything like that. So I don't know why he chose me to try to pick on me and inject me into the conversation. Seems like, I don't know, maybe he thinks I have some type of name in the community and that Dr. Shadi knows me personally, so he just threw it out there. But as we'll see, he himself admits in a future video that he hasn't watched any of my debates. Okay, let's see. So he made this comment off the cuff <laughs> without even knowing what my content is all about. Unbelievable. And this is what you call, let's see. this is what you want to give as an example of scholarship. Not that you were claiming that, but I mean, you can't even represent me properly and you think we're going to trust you with the Islamic tradition to tell us what our religion teaches and what the Quran actually says. No, my friend, we're not going to teach. We're not going to trust you at all. You're nothing. You're, you're like a joke to us. You can't even represent me properly. You go out talking Entertainment about will my all content, these... and you haven't even watched videos from me. You haven't even watched my debates. Okay. I don't now, watch MMA. Let me I watch this the, stuff. Uh, First John five seven. Issue. I can't wait for Muhammad Hijab's next to be. First John five se five seven is a known forgery. Okay. All right. Let's pause forgery. here. Now I'm going to show you. All where okay he's saying the verse of the bible is uh, just fast forward so we don't make him look bad on this with his okay that's good now let's see bar ehrman i don't need to go to bar ehrman all right let's read let's hear this let's hear it traditionalist scholars themselves telling us we don't need to rely on bar ehrman for first john 5 7. the traditionalists themselves are telling you that they don't believe that this is the bible so it's not in the case of a reformist or a liberal atheist we have in many cases the traditionalist scott conservative christian scholars telling us that this is not authentic and original to their bible so right there you see that they're not on par even if i or another muslim were able to or uh did mention this you see so that's the first example in which they're not the same and many of the references and things that people mention are in that same vein. Now, there may be other people in the Dawah scene that use references from Bart Ehrman that they can't find amongst traditional sources. But again, he picked the wrong person and he picked 1 John 5, 7 as the wrong thing because even traditionalist conservative Christian scholars admit that this is a fabrication. So it was a terrible example to try to give. Okay. Now, all right, pause. Here's what I'll say. No no timestamps, so we could see what else is going on. Uh, it was a live stream. All right, interesting. Uh, take a look at Jake's response when you get a chance. All right, we can go to the full screen again. Uh, take your commentary on this before we read or go to our next segment. All right, Atik Rahman says or it's a verbal beatdown. Right? Yeah, because I, I, I prefer to watch this stuff rather than watching uh, some MMA. Right, which is uh, even haram, right? To watch people get in their faces. Uh, as uh, Habib used to say, I'm going to give him a new face. <laughs> That's actually a good, uh, it's a good line if you're fighting somebody. I'm going to give him a new face. 
فضائل رمضان إن الله عز وجل جعل صومه الركن الرابع شهر رمضان الذي أنزل فيه القرآن هدى للناس بينات من الهدى والفرقان Before we get into some more questions the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم said that um, about the إن الله تبارك وتعالى لله تبارك وتعالى عتقاء في كل يوم وليلة In every night and day there are people who are, will be freed from Jahannam وَإِنَّ لِكُلِّ مُسْلِمٍ فِي كُلِّ يَوْمٍ وَلَيْلَةٍ دَعْوَةٍ مُسْتَجَابَةٍ In every night and in every day you get one du'a that's mustajab. Meaning, and in one du'a that's mustajab does not mean you list ten things and Allah will choose one. One moment, that means in the suhoor and at the breaking of the fast and in any time of hardship, you should just, on this month of Ramadan, stay, keep your laser focus. Okay. Al-Umrah in Ramadan Counts as Hajj. Okay. If you stand with the Imam the entire time, it counts as if you stood the, up the entire night. Okay. Fasting six days outside Ramadan, then Allah counts as if you fasted the whole year. Why? Because 30 days plus six days, and uh, a hasana is 10 times itself. Right, so 30 uh, is 360, right? Um, so third, 36 times 10, add a zero, 360. Yeah. Uh, the gates of paradise are open in this month, meaning that the needs and the concerns of the ummah of the individuals of the ummah are taken straight up okay someone is asking about zakat do you have to pay it on the same uh, same month is enough but you, you need to do it on you need to pick for example let's say i like the idea of picking the 20th of ramadan why because once ramadan comes in that gives you 20 days to pay zakah and you, f- you finish paying your zakah before the last 10 nights, right? And chances are, if the zakatable amount of money is not going to fluctuate, right? It's not going to fluctuate like that. Then you can even pay, you can pay it in a window, right? Every year. All right, so uh, let's see what else is going on on Instagram. Oh, I had an interview with Tom Ficini. Is his last name? What's his last name? Tom Ficini. I'll call it Ficini. I'm just going to say Ficini. Really, really nice bro- uh, brother. And he's an imam and, uh, and he has knowledge. And he, he studied and he studied secular knowledge and he studied. Uh, so I, I was really uh, happy with the in- interview and, and with the meeting. And I hope uh, to meet him again. But. Yeah, it was good. I, ha- I, ha- I hit traffic, believe it or not, on the way back. That's why it was only 45 minutes. Otherwise, he's the type of person I would have went, you know, probably like uh, an hour and a half with him. Okay. Uh, if you guys heard of this guy, Bobby, the YouTuber, he became Muslim. He took his shahada, finally. He looked like he would loved Islam. He kept talking about Islam, and he finally took his shahada. The interview with Tom was, uh, Imam Tom was uh, about the, 
historical critical method and Orientalism. Essentially, what you have is people... Orientalism started when the... Um, it really took on a life of its own during the time of the um, colonial, colonial era in which uh, they needed to study their subjects, essentially. That's really when it took off. And it was really part of that... It's, it, you can't really separate it from that, uh, from that legacy, that they're studying you to see how to deal with you when we conquer you, right? So they're, they're, they're coming in from that angle. Tonight is our first night of Ramadan. Moon's been sighted in Malaysia, plus it's also the same. It's the night according to the, those who are using calculation, the calculated method, but alhamdulillah, they both ended up uh, matching, coming on the same time, the same day. And uh, you should really start around Asr to keep your focus and to start reciting Quran to clear out your heart, clear your heart out from ghafalat, and to start reciting a lot of Quran and begin your khatam right away, right at Maghrib. Begin. Even if you start with just one page, get the ball rolling. And the it's considered, it's usually a sunnah to finish one or two khatams. Why? Because the Prophet said Jibreel would recite the Quran with him from beginning to end once a year in Ramadan. Uh, uh, every year in Ramadan. At the last year of the Prophet's life, twice a year. Uh, twice in the month of Ramadan. So, at least one time. Alright? Uh, one khatam. And if you get a head start on it, it'll be easy. If you delay and um, get lazy, then all of a sudden you start falling behind and you start, you know, just give up. So, uh, you want to make sure you don't go that route in life. Twenty a day, but but you you need to sort of do um, you need to do like twenty two for the simple reason that Ramadan could be twenty nine days, and then you may end up being sick one day. So you want to try to finish it in twenty five nights. If you schedule it on twenty five, so do six hundred divided by twenty five. You aren't you stem? All right, give us six hundred divided by twenty five. Right? 600 divided by 25. All right, it's 24. 24, 25? That sounds right. Okay, so let's say 25, right? 24, let's say. Um, You'll be on pace to finish it well and before uh, you have any... That's given a buffer of that the month is 29 days... That you get sick two days, that you travel, that you never know what's going to happen, right? It's twenty four. This guy's did it in his head, man. I don't know. In his head. <laughs> you know, we have a uh, we have a, a brother. He's Indian, and his wife is Chinese in the community, right? And he had a baby, right? You know what I his, I call him now? Abu sixteen hundred. Because that's the highest score you can get on the SAT. Oh, 1,600. Right. <laughs> I said, man, he's half Indian, half Chinese. That was 1,600. Right? Yeah. He's got it all. Yeah. That was 1,600 is his nickname. <laughs> yeah. Let's go to our dua of Wednesday.
every Wednesday. And today, Ryan was there, by the way, and sent footage, by the way, if you, if you saw that. Ryan was there at uh, Masjid al-Fatih. And what are we talking about? We're talking that the Prophet wasallam said, or, or sorry, uh, Jabir ibn Abdullah said, at the Battle of Khandaq, Battle of Khandaq, the Prophet wasallam made dua when the Ummah was really like in a difficult situation, very difficult state. Prophet ﷺ made dua on Monday, and this is the end. They've been almost two, three, almost three weeks under siege now. Supplies are running low. Morale is low. Exhaustion has set in on the Muslims. Prophet ﷺ had a tent, or had an area where he prayed his tent on a hill so he could see everything. So when you go today, Masjid al-Fatih is on a hill. It's not a masjid like what you imagine. It's just a stone structure. You've been there. You were on the armor trip with us. Okay, yeah. So uh, they put a stone structure there. And then they have, you know, like decent rugging so that brothers, men can sit in the front, women sit in the back. And it's very small, smaller than the studio. But it's packed with people every Wednesday between Dhuhr and Asr because they know. Yeah, it's probably the size of just like this surrounding right here. It's very, very small, right? So the Prophet made dua on Monday. He made dua on Tuesday. Then he made dua on Wednesday. And he received his answer between the two prayers, meaning dhuhr and asr. That being a salatain. Okay, salatain meaning dhuhr and asr. If it was maghrib and isha, it would be bain al ain. Okay. But it's known that he meant dhuhr and asr. And so Jabir ibn Abdullah said, I knew at that point this is going to be a sa'at ijabah. So I then made, any time that I would have a karb, I would have a problem, I would have an issue, I would have a difficulty, I would make dua at that time. Any time between Dhuhr and Asr, there is a window opening. Okay, Sometime between Dhuhr and Asr, Allah knows when. So if we make dua every Dhuhr and Asr on Wednesdays, between, every, between Dhuhr and Asr on every Wednesday, one of these days, inshallah, we will hit that day of ijabah. Allah will be generous with us when He sees our persistence and our refusal to, to stop. And that's basically has to be the ethic of a Muslim today. You just, you're not going to stop. Uh, don't talk to me about anything. I'm doing this, means I'm doing it. I'm not going to stop. I don't care what you say, what anyone says. We're just doing this. Okay. Uh, this is beloved to Allah because it's an act of faith, it's an act of iman. Okay. And they said uh, to Al-Fakhr al-Razi was on his deathbed when Iblis came to him and he threw a doubt. Al-Fakhr al-Razi answered him, right? He came, Iblis came in the form of an old man and he said, what do you say about if this happens? Al-Fakhr al-Razi gave him a kalami answer and then Iblis came with another response. But the response handcuffed Al-Fakhr al-Razi because Iblis... He knows his stuff, right? At least he's been around a while. He had plenty of time to think about it, right? Fakhr razi got upset. Fakhr razi had a sheikh in Suluk. He, the sheikh apparently had a mukashifa at the moment, and he shouted out, say, I believe in Allah and his messenger with no reason. For no evidence. With no evidence. I have no evidence. I just believe, and that's it. Discussion over. So at the end of the day, 
When you know something is true, I don't need to give you a proof. I know it's true. That's a kind of, uh, that's a kind of iman that we have to instill in ourselves. That's like, there's going to come a point, I know this is true from experience. I know it's true from so many other sources. And likewise, when a person sets his mind to something, I'm just going to do this. This is it. There's no discussion. Don't, don't tell me scheduling. Don't tell me sustainability. Don't tell me it's likely or not likely. When you put your mind to something, you don't stop. If you hit your head on the wall, and you keep hitting your head on the wall, one day Allah will break down the wall because Allah loves this quality. He loves the quality of al-mulihin fi dua Mulih. Just did not know when to stop. And no one can talk reason to him, Right? No one could, to, could talk him into this or out of this. Just does not know when to stop. And that is a beloved quality to Allah. It's called al-idhah fi dua Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. La ilaha illallah al-Malik al-Haqq al-Mubin. 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 Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Inna fatahna laka fatham mubina. ليغفر لك الله ما تقدم من ذنبك وما تأخر ويتم نعمته عليك ويهديك صراطا مستقيما وينصرك الله نصرا عزيزا وكان عند الله وجيها وجيها في الدنيا والآخرة ومن المقربين وجهت وجهي للذي فطر السماوات والأرض بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم نصر من الله وفتح قريب بشر المؤمنين يا أيها الذين آمنوا كونوا أنصار الله كما قال عيسى بن مريم للحواريين من أنصار إلى الله قال الحواريون نحن أنصار الله الله لا إله إلا هو الحي القيوم لا تأخذه سنة ولا نوم له ما في السماوات وما في الأرض من ذا الذي يشفع عنده إلا بإذنه يعلم ما بين أيديهم وما خلفهم ولا يحيطون بشيء من علمه إلا بما شاء وسع كرسيه السماوات والأرض ولا يؤده حفظهما وهو العلي العظيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم لو أنزلنا هذا القرآن على جبل لرأيته خاشعا متصديا من خشية الله وتلك الأمتان نضربها للناس لعلهم يتفكرون والله الذي لا إله إلا هو عالم الغيب والشهادة هو الرحمن الرحيم هو الله الذي لا إله إلا هو الملك القدوس السلام المؤمن المهيمن العزيز الجبار المتكبر سبحان الله عما يشركون هو الله الخالق البارئ المصور له الأسماء الحسنى يسبح له ما في السماوات والأرض وهو العزيز الحكيم وعيد نفسي بالله تعالى من كل ما يسمع بأذنين ويبصر بعينين ويمشي برجلين ويبطش بيدين ويتكلم بشفتين حسنت نفسي بالله الخالق الأكبر من شر ما أخاف وأحذر من الجن والإنس ويحضرون عز جاره وجل ثناؤه وتقدست أسماؤه ولا إله غيره اللهم إني يجعلك في نحور آدائي وأعوذ بك من شرورهم وتحيلهم ومكرهم ومكائدهم أطفئ نار من أراد بعداوته من الجن والإنس يا حافظ يا هفيظ يا كافي يا محيط سبحانك يا رب ما أعظم شأنك وأعز سلطانك تحسنت بالله وبأسماء الله وبآيات الله وملائكة الله وأنبياء الله ورسل الله والصالحين من عباد الله حصنت نفسي بلا إله إلا الله محمد رسول الله 
بسم الله أرقي نفسي من كل ما يؤذي ومن كل حاسد الله شفائي بسم الله رقيت اللهم رب الناس اذهب الباس اذهب الباس اشفي أنت الشافي وعافي أنت المعافي لا شفاء إلا شفاؤك شفاء لا يغادر السقم ولا ألم يا كافي يا وافي يا حميد يا مجيد ارفع عني كل تعب شديد وكفني من الحد والحديد والمرض الشديد والجيش العديد وجعل لي نورا من نورك وعزا من عزك ونصرا من نصرك وبهاء من بهائك وعطاء من عطائك وحراسة من حراستك وتأييد من تأييدك يا ذا الجلال والكرام والمواهب العظام أسألك أن تكفيني من شر كل ذي شر إنك أنت الله الخالق الأكبر وصلى الله على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم تسليبا كثيرا طيبا مباركا فيه الحمد لله رب العالمين ظاهرا وباطنا وعلى كل حال يا أرحم الراحمين Take two, two minutes for silent dua
الحبيب صلى الله على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين Alright everybody, we are, remember we are on in the month of Ramadan Maybe shorter, maybe not, we'll see how it goes But uh Tonight is the first night of Tarawih, and some of the British uh, brothers and sisters, I'm sure, they're already there uh, at uh, in their respective masajid. So, Ramadan Mubarak to everybody. May Allah Ta'ala accept from us this month, and uh, let us reach the end of it. And we ask Allah Ta'ala to grant us ijaba in all of our da'wat. Stay persistent upon a set number of du'a every tahajjud and every suhoor. And inshallah ta'ala, you will see it one day in your life. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdik. Nashhadu an la ilaha illa anta. Nastaghfiruk wa natubu ilayk wal asr. Inna al-insana lafi khusr. Illa al-ladhina amanu wa aminu al-salihat. Wa tawasub al-haq. Wa tawasub al-sabr. Wassalamu alaykum.